Hello and welcome to what we're we're gonna call we're gonna call our weird and wonderful uh, clearing office podcast. Very weird. We've not really got an awful lot to talk about football-wise, as you've probably seen in the news. Um, obviously, no football's going on anywhere other than a few. Uh, Minor, well, not minor countries. As um, well, Uzbekistan it? league, mate. I, I don't think that's minor. All of right? course, that's, that's one of the big ones. That's one of the big ones. That is one of the big boys. Yeah, but instead, what we're going to do? We're going to have a little bit of a nostalgia, uh, a bit of a bit of a look back on personally uh, what we've enjoyed about English football uh, previously. I think it's it's really the only thing you could do in in this time of crisis. Um, we just like to do a little quick update. So, Sam, you're going home straight off this podcast, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm off home to. Mm, yeah, quarantine. Sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll get Robert in as a temporary as a temporary substitution for yourself while you're you're on lockdown in Tunbridge. So this will be the last year of this man's voice for a little while. Um, yeah, see you later, guys. <laughs> that's it. He's resigning. Well, um, but what we're gonna do is basically yes, yeah, so it's a weird and wonderful, a weird and wonderful podcast. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, we're basically gonna take through five of our personal favourite strange memories of the Premier League, English League as a whole, really. Uh, then we're going to go through our worst Premier League eleven ever. And um, then we're going to go on to uh, five of the best footballers' tweets. Each. Because each, yes, it's, we've picked five yeah. each. We've done very well. Yeah, we'd like to clarify, we've picked five each on the weird and wonderful section of stuff. And then uh, we've got done a combined team for worst Premier League eleven. So shall we? Shall we get cracking? Because we've got quite a lot to get through, actually, haven't we? Let's get cracking. Sure. Would you like to kick us off, or do you want me to? Um, I would love to kick us off, actually. Let's Sam. go. Um, so my my first my first part of this uh this weird and wonderful uh podcast is um it's a it's it's personal favourite of mine. Obviously, being an Arsenal fan, uh, it was the Arsenal legend that was Armin Traore. Legend in Absolute capital letters. Legend. Um, and when he first came over he was 17 years old and um he took knuckle dusters to a north london derby um and he spent 10 hours in a police cell after he was caught taking yeah caught taking his knuckle, knuckle dusters to his first ever north london derby um he said that he well he admitted that he slightly overestimated the hostility between the two sides and apologized for his mistake um but that's brilliant isn't it I mean, taking knuckle dusters to a derby, that is proper hard, man. That's Green Street stuff, that, that is. That is hilarious. I mean, I mean, what a player to think that it's going to be that hostile that he thinks he's going to get a scrap. I mean, we're, we're not in Greece, all right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in Turkey where all these things happen, all right? We're in, we're in England. It's only Tottenham versus Arsenal at the end of the day. Exactly. And, uh, oh, wow, only. Only Tottenham versus Arsenal. I was right to pick up yeah. on that. Uh, you thought you were going to get away with that? Not happening. Um, but yeah, no. He he said it was because of a previous experience he had uh, when he was playing at PSG, um, and you know fans said they batter each other, so he figured he'd bring it as protection just in case anyone tried to batter a 17-year-old Armand Traore. Um, we'd like to clarify, Armand. No one was going to batter you, as you've now since clarified. Um, but yeah, he said, and I quote: "As I walked into the stadium, the police found it on me, and I ended up in custody for more than 10 hours. I didn't see a ball kicked. Well, he wouldn't have seen a ball kicked anyway." Um, at the time, because uh, he wasn't getting into a team at all, um, he said eventually they released me. Then Arsene Wenger found out about it. That's Ooh. I can imagine. That's that's where the story ends. I can imagine that's that. that I can't imagine that conversation went down too well. Don't you think so? No, I, I think I think it was a big trouble. 
big trouble. Yeah, he didn't have the most uh, successful days at Arsenal, did Armand Traoré. We've got a bit of a history with uh, kind of left-backs that aren't very good. Um, well, just players that aren't very good, really. But, I mean, honestly, if it's worse than 11, I, I could make an entire 11 of Arsenal players. That's that's as bad as it gets. Um, and that's, yeah, really really what I want to go on to uh, talk about. Do you want to go on to your... Your first one, or should we yeah. go through them? Indiv- what do you want to do? Do you want to do one after the other? I say, yeah, one after the other. Yeah, okay. So, Archie's gone for more, like, how would you describe yours? Maybe, uh, a couple of them aren't too obscure, but some of them are quite obscure memories that I have, and Sam's yeah. going to cover the generics, I'd I- say. I've, I've gone quite generic, just because these are my, like... They need to be covered as fav- well. Favourite memories, or some of my favourite memories. And I've, I to kick it, uh, to quite literally, <laughs> uh, kick ourselves, kick myself off... Uh, Eric Cantona's Kung Fu Kick. Um, it's, it's 1995. Crystal Palace playing Man United. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a classic, and um, yeah, Palace fans won't stop abusing him. So Cantona thought, you know what, I'm not having this. Decides to jump into the fans and Kung Fu uh, Kung Fu Kick. One of one of the uh, one of the abusing fans. I mean, what do you think about that, Archie? Not ideal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's not ideal. I'd say it's showing passion for your club. Um, I'm. I'm all. I'm all aboard. All aboard the kung fu train. That's what I say. I say. I say it should be encouraged more. It cut down on. I, I genuinely think it should be. You know, if a player's racially abused, I reckon they get the right to. I mean, he wasn't racially abused in this instance. Sure, he's Eric Cantona, just being Eric Cantona. Um, but I reckon if a player's abused, I reckon they should have the right to go and you know teach the fan a lesson. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, probably not. Um, I'm a trier differently. Yeah, as well. Brilliant. Bit of a violent uh, theme here. <laughs> well, Cantona being one of United's most important players got a nine-month ban for the incident. Nine meaning, months. Yeah, meaning <laughs> that they they were out one of their best players for nine months. Was it really worth it at the end of the day? Oh, 100%. Definitely not. Oh, it definitely, definitely was. If if a fan, oh, you imagine the satisfaction you get from going into the crowd and actually going after one of these guys that's been abusing you this it's whole time. It's assault. Yeah, and brilliant. I, I think that's not a like per- it's a crime or anything. Not, <laughs> <laughs> ideal that is. Yeah. Don't do assault. Don't do it. it. <laughs> don't don't, yeah, like don't do it. That, that was really broken English. It really it? was. Um yeah, don't don't do assault. Should we move on to your second pick? Yeah, sure. Um I've just got images of it up here. Um it was uh, it's not strictly Premier League. I mean, uh, the competition itself wasn't. Um but my fondest memory it was 2012 after uh, Chelsea had, in my opinion, agonisingly won the Champions League against Bayern Munich at the Allianz. Uh, well, I just hated watching it. I believe I think I was with my mate when we were watching it. Uh, massive Chelsea fan, shout out James. I don't know if I was with you then, but I hated every minute of it because it felt like I was with you. Um, and I, I remember the whole Drogba penalty and everything happening and seeing Ashley Cole celebrating all this sort of thing. And um, then I remember seeing John Terry just trot on up the steps and I'm like oh you, you've been suspended uh, what are you doing and um, in his full kit and boots I'd like to add not even just trainers full on boots stands up in the centre and lifts the Champions League trophy on his own um, the picture here I believe has Jose Bosingo next to him um, no it's not I, I'm a mile off wow my eyesight's terrible it's Raul Morelish um, it's got Raul Morelish next to it um, which which just makes it you know look like a really Flora prestigious Malou trophy Flora holding onto his knees honestly it doesn't get <laughs> how can a Champions League trophy be won by that team um, but yeah no he went up there full kit and um, I, can, I, I can see I, I can see why fans were annoyed at it because he didn't actually play uh, and he sort of took the limelight after not playing and that was such a, a what was such an iconic final for Chelsea. Um, for me, I found that hilarious. Um, Rumour had it that he was wearing um, shin pads, as we can both clearly see from his photo. That is false, unless they're two-year-old shin pads. Um, and yeah, no, he. It was, I don't. I, 
do you have a problem with this, Sam? Yeah, yeah, it's John Terry and anything he does I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a bit of a reputation, hasn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hor- horrible man, horrible man. He really is. Yeah, no, he's 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 got a nasty streak. But this wasn't really his nasty streak. This is more of a we can get back at you for being a, a nasty prick. So that's yeah, basically like, why why are you doing that? You yeah. should look like a tit. He does. Yeah, it's quite funny though. Um, I, I mean, I, I found it absolutely hilarious. I'm not angry at him. I just thought, what are you doing, man? I'm fuming. Um, you're absolutely livid. Um, I'll be interested to hear what Chelsea fans think of this as well. Um, because do Chelsea fans genuinely think, no, he shouldn't have. We should have let like, Gary Cahill or someone lift it. Um, was he at the of, club? Was he at the club? I think he was. I want to say he started, didn't he? Hold up, let's have a look at this. Chelsea. You, you, you crack on me yours, and I'm just going to pipe right. up with some Gary Cahill-based analysis. In a right, minute. so our ne- next, uh, my next pick is I'm going for Pizzagate. And uh, I'm talking about in uh, 2004, uh, following uh, uh, Man United playing Arsenal, uh, United winning 2-0. Uh, there was a bit of a scuffle in the, in the tunnel, and um, all of a sudden, a slice of pizza ended up onto Alex Ferguson's face. I mean, of all the people to throw a slice of pizza on, it, it probably should be him. But yeah, absolutely, he wasn't. He did. Oh, he did start. Yeah, he along did with David start. Louise, Jose Bosingua, and Ashley Cole at the back. There you Incredible. go. You carry on now, mate. Incredible, but like, yeah, moving on. <laughs> so, of all the people to throw a slice of pizza on, it's Alex Ferguson. I mean, A is an icon. B, he will drop you, even at the age of seventy, whatever. Or probably would have been sixties then, or fifties. I don't really know. I can't do maths. You've covered all twenty years, yeah. so you're probably you're probably in the ballpark. I yeah, imagine. probably around that area. But yeah, <laughs> um, Ashley Cole um, wrote later in his autobiography: "All eyes turned and all mouths gawped to see the pizza slip off that famous face." And roll down his nice black suit. What a he definitely didn't write that, but um, <laughs> yeah, very well shadow written, must be said. Yeah, fair play, <laughs> ghost writer. But um, yeah, no, the r- rumor has it. Well, uh, he's rumor actually come out since and uh, admitted. Uh, yeah, says Fabregas has come out and admitted it was him, because when he was at the time at Arsenal, he was about seventeen, um, and he's come out and admitted since that it was actually him that threw the pizza. Um, I, I don't think this has been. I'm not sure if it's been verified by other sources, but uh, I trust that man. Just get involved. I mean, yeah. just thought, well, I'm 17, there's Alex Ferguson, here's a beast pizza, Yeah, Yeet. I've got me dominoes, you know, I've, I've had me wedges, so I'm not that full, so I've got a slice left, I'll just slap it on his face. Yeah, I mean, I would never do that. No, <laughs> I, I definitely I'd, wouldn't. I'd, I'd eat it. Oh, I'm re- yeah, no, commend, commend Cesc Fabregas for giving up on a slice of pizza yeah. just to throw it at Alex Ferguson's face. No, that... <coughs> Christ. Um, great timing. Yeah, no, um, he, that's, that's a pretty iconic moment, to be fair. That's like a sort of a... Um, a myth. What's, what's the word like when it's a tale but you don't know if it's true or not a myth a myth that's it yeah I was going to say mystical but that, that doesn't make that doesn't make English does it um, doesn't I'm, make English yeah I'm having a bit of a broken English day today uh, allow, allow, allow it please um, is that all you got to say on pizza games so? yeah would you like to move on to your <clears throat> next pick so um, my next one's arguably my favourite because um, I remember it happening at the time because I was listening to Talk Sport when he was talking and um, it's Joe, uh, Joe Kinnear you might remember the story um, he's, he was hated by Newcastle fans anyway for being part of this supposed Cockney takeover that they had and um, it was when he'd just been announced as I think it was chairman of Newcastle and he's doing an interview with Andy Goldstein on Talk Sport director of football was sorry he? yeah director of football course chairman's uh, yeah not him um, yeah, he's director of football, and um, he comes on, and this is when Newcastle had a lot of uh, a lot of good foreign players, and um, he clearly struggled to wrap his wrap his head around any of these fairly simple names. Uh, Yoan Kabai, uh, he called Yoan Kebab, 
which was possibly the highlight of the entire thing. Um, yeah, Donna or Sheesh? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, I thought Sam Allardyce would be the first one to get, <laughs> get them mixed up. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a shout actually. Yeah, um, well, Joe Jokinir himself isn't exactly the uh, the skinniest of men. No, true. Um, he, to be fair, he probably did have his uh, Friday night order on his mind then, uh, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? That French midfielder. I'll tell you what. I'd love a bit of kebab." Um, you know, an easy mistake to make. Oh, very, very, very um, easy. Yeah, and it, it sort of went a little bit unnoticed that he also called it Ben Arthur Ben Arfi. Um, which also isn't his name, uh, but it's less comical than Kebab, so we all really remember the Iron Kebab story. Um, but yeah, no, Jokinir's time at Newcastle was pretty terrible. They all hated him. No, I think he was pretty <coughs> successful. Wasn't he manager for a little bit? Yeah, he was. He was really good. He was a terrific Not a hint manager. of sarcasm. No, he was really good. Brilliant. Lyndon loves him. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine Lyndon's a big fan. Him and Mike Ashley, Newcastle fans, absolutely love them. Um, but yeah, no, this is back in 2013 that he said this. Um and uh, he also he also um, claimed that he is in weekly contact with Sir Alex Ferguson and insisted that he could open the door to any manager in the world. So uh, if Guardiola wants a door opening, then Joe Kinnear's there like a little doorstop. Just there you go, lad. And um, that's that's Joe Kinnear's role. Um, so yeah, so that's that's him announcing his return to the Magpies. And um, uh, Kebab is will go down in legend as one of the greatest players to ever grace this earth. What a player! Was actually a good player. He really was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very um, very non Newcastle kind of player. Yeah, very so technically good. gifted. Yeah, um, do you want to do you want to go on to your next your next part of this weird yeah. and wonderful shambles? Well, I'm going to stick with Newcastle, and I'm going on to Kevin Keegan. I mean, you know what's happened there. It's a it's the Premier League in, in April 1996. I remember it well. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were a whole minus five. Exactly. Then, we? <laughs> exactly. Um, it was a uh, Newcastle at three points uh, in front I think of leaders uh, Man United with a so three points in front of no, leaders no they were three points behind uh, Man United <laughs> with a game in hand and uh, two games remaining and uh, Alex Ferguson uh, did a bit of uh, ooh, mind games uh, before in a press conference uh, the before and uh, let's say that it, it got under Keegan's skin a bit he he came out and uh, he decided to do a, a television interview, and um, it was full of emotion. Where he uh, where he unleashed an epic rant where he said, uh, "I don't know, if I should do it in the accent. I can't do the accent." Can I do it? Oh yeah, you go you go for it. <clears throat> All right, can you turn it around so I can do the full script? <clears throat> you can tell him now we're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And I'll tell you honestly. I will love it if we beat them. Love it, I tell you. <clears throat> Thank you. Well, that was that was beautiful. Yeah, well, Newcastle... <laughs> she's, not, she's looking at the sound. She's gone through the roof. Oh, my goodness, the level is sort of <laughs> crazy. Broken studio. Uh, yeah, Newcastle only drew with Forrest, and United went on to win the title. So that went well, yeah. and uh, the rest is history. Newcastle's iconic bottling of a title summed up by... Kevin Keegan's hunched over an advertising board um, as they lose. There's that picture, isn't there, where he's just sort of yeah. flopping over the advertising board like he's a dead so corpse. So tired. Yeah, or tired. I said tired. Well, he did, he did look quite tired, didn't he? Yeah. He looked, he looked the exhausted. Word the word I'd use, flummoxed. Fatigued. Fatigued, yeah. I think flummoxed tops yeah, them. Yeah, that's a flummoxed. Flummoxed is a good word. Flummoxed. Um, should I move on to, from, from some flummoxed Keegan to a, to a John Waters memory? Oh, John. There's a lot. John. And John Walters will crop up a little bit later as well. Uh, but that's for you to listen to. Um, John Walters had uh, what something I, I remember watching it. Again, this is just stuff that I personally remember. Um, 
He had the single worst game a Premier League player has ever had. Well, in my opinion, and I can, I can imagine it's hard to argue with this. Um, in a game against Chelsea, they lost 4-0 at home uh, back in January of 2013. Um, and John Waters, bear in mind he was a striker at this point, or he was playing out wide, it was one of the two, he was playing an attack. Um, he somehow managed to score two own goals, I believe they were both from corners, so, you know, Stoke were legendary corners. Um, and he also missed a penalty, blazing it miles over. Um, as, yeah, it, it ended a Stoke 17-game home unbeaten run. Uh, they were known at the time um, for being... What's, what's the word that I'd use for Stoke at the time? Shithouse. They really were. Um, their 17-game unbeaten run at home in the Premier League was basically just stick a load of players as of like two banks of four and let John Walters running around, run around clamping players. And that was pretty much uh, Stoke at this point. And, um, yeah, no, he, he had the single worst game I can remember watching of a Premier League footballer playing playing association soccer um it was it was pretty woeful um but yeah that was pretty much it uh, the um he he did an impressive acrobatic uh, flying header into his own goal for one of the for one of the two own goals that he scored he got a brace uh so cracking player John Walters and uh, a great guy overall but yeah one of my fondest memories was seeing St- I just like seeing Stoke fail that's nice well, I mean, I, I, I am allowed to have a personal anti-Stoke uh, yeah, agenda. No, I understand why. Yeah, you know, booing Aaron Ramsey because he broke his ankle yeah, seems a little bit I think he won backwards. the ball. <laughs> you can't say that. And I think I clearly won oh, the ball. Ryan Shawcross, I hope he's still crying. He, was he even crying? Yeah, he was. Press? He was crying on the pitch. He was oh, absolutely bless. sobbing. See, good. That, that's good sportsmanship, that is. Yeah, it is. And I guess he can't be held accountable for the Stoke fans, so apologies, Ryan, for hoping you're still crying. But it was a woeful challenge. And, I, I, yeah, I hate Stoke with a burning passion. So seeing this really resonated with me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. It seems fair. You can't like Stoke, other than you're a Stoke fan. Like, no one, li- no one non-Stoke likes Stoke, I, sure. I, I don't mind Stoke. I think I, <laughs> I just like that they have a style of play and they <laughs> stick to it. Yeah, I guess so. And I, I, guess, I like them with the championship this year. I fair enough. Like I, I guess the Kenwin Jones days were something of a... Oh, of a they, they were oh, trying. All I'm saying is, Ricardo Fuller, very underrated player. Yeah, well, he fit that style perfectly. Him and Kenwin Jones both just... Maybe I have a personal vendetta as well as just the whole Aaron Ramsey thing, but also yeah. we always struggle going to the Britannia, like really badly. Stoke battered... Liverpool and Chelsea lost ever game. They like did, didn't six one or something. Like yeah, you, can't, you can't be angry at Stoke. That's the that one good hilarious. thing Stoke have done. That was hilarious. So funny. I'd, I'd like Liverpool, but that was very funny. That was yeah. That that was very good to be fair. Um, what have you What have you got for me next? What have you got for uh, next? Mate? I've got. Um, I've just got to mention it. What an incredible moment! Leicester's title win, uh, 2015-16 uh, Started the season by appointing Claudio Ranieri after replacing um, Nigel Pearson at Watford. And, wow, they were 5,000 to 1 to win the title. 5,000 to 1. They, the bookies gave them no chance. And they pulled up one of the biggest upsets in sporting history. No, the biggest upset in sporting history. I mean, they were just... And the, they played some incredible football. So, uh, they turned really average players into superstars. For example, Michael Brighton, who who before that season you think he's fine, and then after that season you think of flipping it, he's one of the best in the Prem. Uh, and just like so many great players were, came out of that team. Kante, who's now one of the best in the world. Vardy, who's an incredible striker. Morris, who plays for Man City, is amazing. And all these players made by this one season, 
and uh, won the fo- won their title for the first year time in their 132 year history. What a moment! And that was incredible. It was really feel good story, wasn't it? It really was. Um, I my my <laughs> again, this is coming from an Arsenal fan's perspective. But my favourite part of that season was when Tottenham came third in the Tours race. That really made me laugh because the Spurs were Drew's the only one. Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Hazard wasn't it cutting in on his right yeah. hand side? Scored a beauty. I remember celebrating that like a child. Honestly, that was beautiful to watch. Uh, but no, Leicester as a whole, massive feel-good story. Um, and I'm glad they've been able to maintain uh, a, a, a Premier structure. League status. Yeah, well, not even just that, a structure of a winning Premier League team. Yeah, no, that's true. They don't look like they're going to be a team that's going to drop off anything. No, they they they're a top off team. I know, a solid one. Very yeah. much. This, this season, the challenger for Europe. Agree, but yeah. like, I could see them consistently going for Europe. You know? think? Yeah, if they get a couple seasons under their belt, they could genuinely like, crack fair, that top six. I do like. Um, I do like their ma- manager. Oh, what's his name? Brendan Rodgers. My head. Brendan Rodgers. I really like Brendan Rodgers. You must love him. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think they've got a good club structure. I like the way they buy players. Yeah, I like them a lot. They're good. I know that is a very good feel-good story. Um, something else that's a very good uh, feel-good story. Um, I'm going to take you through it again. You've probably heard it a million times, but it is. I, I don't remember it, but I just I've been told about it and just love the folklore. story as a whole. It really is. It's Premier League folklore. And it was, it was um, 20, 23 years ago. Uh, the one and only Ali Deer made his first and last Premier League appearance for Southampton. Um, Ali Deer had claimed, well, he somehow managed to trick Southampton boss Graham Souness into thinking that he was the cousin of the great George Weyer, who had just won the Ballon d'Or and the World Player of the Year award in 1995. Um, he'd also claimed that he turned out for Paris Saint-Germain and had played 13 times for his country and scored for them. Um, despite all this being completely, uh, completely lies, um, he managed to black his way into a one-month contract that even made an appearance in the Premier League. So on the 23rd of November 1996, Ali Dia, wearing the number 20, no, no, sorry, number 33 shirt, replaced Matt Letizia and a, Matt Letizia of all people, the biggest Southampton's biggest legend, other than James Beattie, um, in, in, in a home game against Leeds, and um, he picked up the ball. And um, he nearly scored. He nearly scored for Southampton. And good just, save. It, it was. was. And the fact that he managed to trick someone with so, as much pride as Graham Souness into him being George Weyer, George Weyer's cousin. Is it, isn't, isn't George Weyer's son currently playing? Is it Timothy Weyer? Yeah. Is Timothy he, Weyer. Where is he? Is he? I think he's in the Bundesliga, isn't he? I think he's, he's playing for someone good. He's playing. He's, he's playing for someone could, proper as could well. Could tell you. Ah, fair enough. Are these are the French league. I think he's playing for someone proper. Yeah, no, he's he's no, he's a good player. But uh, Ali Ali Dia was far from that. Um, <clears throat> he was a fraud. Um, and yeah, he had his deal rescinded after yeah, the one cameo. Sorry, playing oh, for Timothy Weyer. Ah, sweet. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, apparently, uh, Letizia then came out and said that it was unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. Uh, it was very embarrassing to watch. He was subbed off again, didn't he? Yeah, he had to take him off again in the 85th minute. Um, for Ken Monku uh, in a 2 0 loss, it came quickly apparent that Ali Deer was a fraud, and that was that. Uh, but I mean, imagine if that happened now in, in an era where social media is more and more prominent. Would it be, yeah, but it'd be amazing if you managed to con your way into that. That would, I mean, the background checks done would be far superior nowadays, but still, I mean, the Ali Deer story will go down, well, has gone down in legend, and will be continued to be told throughout the years. Because um, what a player! One of the greats. He really is. was. Well, one of the great fraudsters, I'd say. One, yeah, um, no. Fair. Other than Wilfred Zaha, he's up there, you know. Dive 
dive, dive. Is that Tom Daly? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I actually quite like Zaha, hot take. Um, but I just think it's a popular opinion. Um, anyway, the last, um, the last one. It seems fitting to end on this, doesn't it, Sam? It's um, it's Sergio Aguero. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Yeah, that's right. Never. May 2012, United have got the win. Uh, against Sunderland to to win one 0 and maybe win the title, but no, uh, Edin Dzeko has a uh, has bought City level against QPR. Man City need a win to clinch their first Premier League title in forty four years, and uh, then it went absolutely. All oh, the story is I don't even know how to describe it. Oh, um, it is like, I mean, it's the second best Premier League winning story. Behind Leicester's, yeah, no, no, no. Arsenal, 1989. Michael Thomas last ever season against Liverpool, who were the team that they were challenging against. They needed a win, far better. Literally, okay, hands so that's down. Third, um, <laughs> mate. Honestly, I'm, not I'm, even close. I'm not gonna lie. I've said the DVD, and it was a good start win for Arsenal. But yeah, um, they, oh, Man City fans were crying. They thought it was all over, but I tell you what, Sergio Aguero, this moment. <laughs> was incredible so the the iconic uh, iconic uh, commentary Balotelli with his only assist for Man City uh, who, who slid in to set up Aguero took it around defender and smashed it at the near post sparking absolute limbs and let's be honest without that Man City wouldn't be the club they are today completely agreed um, my favourite scene of that is Joe Hart just running around in circles like an aeroplane well, I just uh, don't know what to do he does. Like, yeah. he's like oh my god I've got another head and shoulders deal hey. <laughs> he's not celebrating there's the goal there's no dad over there <laughs> <laughs> he, that was no that was a completely iconic um, moment as much as I, I talk about the Michael Thomas one being far better which it was uh, 26th of May 1989 it, it literally 100% was it literally wasn't it was against the team that they were challenging against this was against QPR alright this is this would be like they were, were 2-1 that, down in stoppage time yeah Arsenal were 1-0 at one point um, but still right okay cool. Mike, Mike, yeah sure. uh, Alan Smith scored so you know good or we, maybe we 1-0 down actually I can't remember obviously I wasn't alive um, but no this would be like right if the Man City one was done against United on that final day that would be what it was like. Okay, yeah, I agree. I've I've, I've watched the Arsenal like whole documentary. I watched yeah. it with my dad, uh, big up Steve. But um, yeah, I've seen. Don't get me wrong. It was incredible. It was an incredible event. However, why I, is this better? I think Aguero why? tops this. Why? Because it, um, literally last kick of the game. So is Michael Thomas. Literally, the game ended after his Roly Poly celebration. That's true. Um, Jacko equalised in stoppage time. Alan Smith equalised. It was against. Um, they did it to stop their biggest rivals uh, winning the Premier League. We did it to stop a team that had dominated English football for the prior decade. However, it wasn't their like biggest rivals, was it? Well, it was in the same year. Uh, well, no, okay. They stopped like... the greatest manager of all time winning in the Premier League. Yeah, except for he won about twenty times other than that. Yeah, but they stopped him in this season. Yeah, with a weakened Man United team. Weakened's harsh. They played Anderson. They had a great team. The Arsenal one was better because it was against the team that they were championing. Well, put in the and comments. And it was in such an okay. iconic year. I, I, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing down. No. Put in the comments or tweet us. Uh, we'll do, what a was the we'll do another icon- poll. Yeah, we'll do a poll. We did it with the wan What was the more Cole iconic Walker? moment, Aguero <clears> or the um, Smith? Not Smith. The, Michael it? Thomas. Oh, Michael my Thomas God. Time, time is wasted. Time is... Oh. 
Yeah, I poor. mean, you weren't alive, but sure. Very poor. Um, Very poor. <laughs> should we move on? Yeah, sure. Out. <laughs> um, yes, please. Um, we're going to go on to discuss what we've compiled as our worst Premier League eleven ever. No, we're not talking about Huddersfield. We are talking about a compiled team from the <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> <Wait, okay. laughs> I just clocked onto that. No. <laughs> Derby, surely. Derby were worse. Yeah, no, they were. I just figured Huddersfield was more relevant for you they kids. Are, they are terrible, though. They are indeed. None of their players featured, I don't think. Anyway, uh, we've done position by position each. I think Sam's got six players. I've got five. Uh, you know, because that's fair. Um, and you can't re-divide 11 by two. Fine, I'll pick a manager. Fine. Cool. Uh, right, goalkeeper, Sam. We're going to go with the 4-4-2 because there's too many strikers to leave out. Um, you go ahead. Who's the goalkeeper? Uh, I've gone for one for this season. I know Archie doesn't agree with this. But I've put Reverso in goal. He has to go in goal. He played eight games and conceded 17 goals with no clean sheets. And he, he literally got bought in for this season as a backup keeper. Fabianski got injured, so he got playing time. He got dropped for David Martin, who's only at the club because his dad played for them. <laughs> And literally, as the at the nearest opportunity, he got he got sent back to Spain. I mean, he was terrible. His save percentage was woeful. Everything that was shot at him went in. He, oh, he was a calamity. He, he really was woeful. And I can see why you've put him in. But my personal opinion, I mean, it, we're, we're putting we're putting uh, Roberto in there. But my personal opinion would be Masimo Taibbi needs to be in there. Um, Signing after after Peter Schmeichel's gone as his direct replacement to the Premier League's best ever goalkeeper. And they bring this guy in, expect him to be big. They've paid at the time what was about £5 million, I believe, uh, which was big money. Uh, bought him in from Italy. Money. And um, he flaps it across from Sammy Hippier against Liverpool. Uh, looks very uh, not confident. Uh, lacking confidence in any of his games that he played. And then against Southampton, Matt Letizia, who featured earlier, uh, P-roller shot to Taibi, goes to pick it up and just rolls through his body out of his long John's goalkeeper trousers that he was wearing and into the goal. And that was the last we saw of him. P-roller's harsh. I mean, the movement on the ball is just incredible. <laughs> the movement I mean, on the ball does not exist. Could, could have done anything about it. The ball barely moved. It's forward, let alone sideways, line. honestly. Yeah. Um, and from then on, he's gone down in Man United folklore and football folklore as I'd personally say the worst ever Premier League goalkeeper. But Roberto is more of a modern pick and I can back that too. Yeah, now, uh, do you want to move on to your <coughs> right back? So my right back, and I'm doing it for the culture. Sam's uh, stopped me from going with Alan Hutton um, because I really didn't. I, I was, As we've spoken about before, uh, when he retired, Alan Hutton was one of the worst right backs in Premier League history. Um, but I'm, I, I was tempted to also go with Serge Aurier, but that seems very harsh on him considering he's kind of, I mean, not new to the Premier League, but he's playing now and it seems like an easy pick. So I've gone with one which you Arsenal fans will definitely remember because we didn't really see him an awful lot in the position he was supposed to be playing. Uh, Brazilian Andre Santos. Um, this man was put into right back and I, I, I don't know why. Um, as, a, as a Brazilian right back, he was obviously naturally going to be going forwards more than he was going to be defending. Um and we were like, oh, this guy's going to come in. He's going to be. He, he, we we'd heard that he had an absolute bullet of a shot on him as well, um, and so we were like, oh, he's going to come in and he'll 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 go forwards, but he'll also do the dirty work and come back. No, never came back. Barely even came in our half. Um, we played him up top in one game. I seem to remember. Uh, Wenger chucked him on up top just because he had pace. 
and um, he was woeful. Always out of position, made Gal Clichy on the other side, an aging Gal Clichy, um, look like Roberto Carlos. Um, honestly, he was terrible, and um, he was part of a, a calamitous, if that's a word, um, Arsenal defence at that time, um, which really, yeah, it was it was kind of the the doldrums of the Wenger era that really really brought home how terrible we were at the time. But yeah, Andre Santos is going at right back, so we've got Roberto in goal, Santos at right back. Sam, your centre-half, please. I've gone for Sebastian Basson, the Tottenham legend, and just the English footballing legend. Now, he was absolutely woeful. He played for four, four clubs in, uh, in the Premier League. He played for Newcastle, where he got relegated. He played for Tottenham, where he didn't, though he got loaned out to Wolves, where he did get relegated. Then he got sold to Norwich, where he got relegated twice. Meaning this guy got relegated for the Premier League four times. I'm sorry, once, fair enough. Two, maybe coincidental. Three, definitely not coincidental. And four, you are a terrible player. <laughs> he also got relegated twice in France before he even got to the Premier League for Mines. Which shows how bad he is. He's done two he, trebles of relegation. Oh, he, he's been relegated six times in his career, and I'm sorry, but he has to go into this eleven just for that. He yeah. was woeful. Because I remember his Norwich days. He didn't stand out as their worst player, but the fact that well, he wasn't great. But the fact that he's been relegated so many times must make it clear that he's he's the factor that's sending you down really yeah he was woeful well, maybe he thinks about himself as a hero and just thinks I'm just going to join the clubs that are definitely going to go down and try and keep him up but fails every yeah, time yeah exactly he's more of a more of a cult hero you know he's like the Robin Hood of the football world um, you know if Robin Hood missed every arrow <laughs> and was called Sebastian Bassong exactly yeah well okay so our team so far is Roberto Andre Santos and Sebastian Bassong um, I'm going to go in the other centre half and it was a real toss up um, I really want to do another one for the culture and go with Sebastian Squell actually who was terrible um, but I'm going to go with and this might just be because of what I remember of him because he might have had a couple of good games own goal merchant but own goal merchant he's got the most own goals in Premier League history comfortably as well I don't remember the numbers Carragher's behind him isn't yeah. he yeah um, as Carragher. is everyone behind him um, but um, Richard Dunn uh, all I, I only really remember him at Man City, to be honest with you. I won't lie. It was, he, he was a Villa as well, wasn't he? I remember him, okay, I remember him a bit of Villa. Um, but at Man City, I remember him being part of that Mark Hughes team, and he was woeful. Uh, own goal merchant, as I say, most own goals in Premier League history. Leader. And reckon, leader, yes. Ca- Captain, leader, oh, another own goal. the ball into his own goal. He does indeed. Uh, uh, yeah, Richard Dunn, fairly simple selection for me. Uh, so that's Roberto in goal, Andre Santos at right back, Sebastian Bassong at centre-half with the incredible partnership with Richard Dunn. Who are you going with your left-back, Sam? I am going for possibly one of the most overhyped player players in world football at the, uh, at the time... I've gone for Royston Drenter. I know what you're thinking, left winger. He did play quite a few games at left back as well. Mm-hmm. We were struggling across, with across his career. Yeah, no, we were. Um, yeah, he went to Le- Everton on loan from Real Madrid. Oh my goodness me, he was terrible. I mean, he didn't even necessarily. His time at Everton was marred by injuries. Fair enough. He got three goals. Well done. But he just. Bear in mind, he was bigged out to be one. Of the he's going to be one of the greats. He just wasn't that. He wasn't that level. He wasn't good, and that's why he's now in like. I'm pretty sure he like owns like a club in Ibiza or something, or he just doesn't play football. He he's 
He was just Sorry, you're a... acting like owning a club in Ibiza is a bad thing. That is like a life goal. Oh, if you I finish d- playing football, there's, does. there's nothing better to do if you finish football than to own a club. That's unreal. Are you going to look up if Royce and Drenta are currently yeah. owns a club in Ibiza? Drenta, current job. Okay, well, I'll, I'll quickly... Oh, how are you spelling current? Ignore that, please. Current. Current. Oh, Brilliant. Sam. Um, okay, so current is at left back. Um, no, okay, so our team so far, I'll just run you through it. It's Roberto, Andre Santos, Sebastian Basson, Richard Dunn, and Royce and Drenta. Um, have you found a Royce and Drenta currently? No, I, I don't know. Uh, other, other candidates were Gaytang Bong and Matthew Briggs. Yeah, Matthew Briggs for the Fulham culture. Flop. Yeah, fair enough. Um... My, oh, I like him. Oh, you like him. Fair so, enough. Sorry. No, don't interrupt me again, please. Um, my, or I'll beat you. Yeah. Oh, your words. Um, I'm going to go... So we'll, we'll go to our centre mids now. Um, I'm going to go with... Basically, right. There's If you want to annoy a Man United fan, there's two words you need to say, and they're the same word. Jemba Jemba. Man City. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, that as well. I mean, they oh, have, sorry. Yeah, they have beaten them twice this season. Or three times. No, twice. Three, three times. times. Yeah, three times a season. Yeah. Um, so that wouldn't trigger them massively. But Jemba Jemba, really would. Eric Jemba Jemba, I'm going to say it again because I just love saying his name. Um, he was brought in to replace Roy Keane um, and he was absolutely terrible. They paid the big bucks for him at the time. I think it's a similar amount. So they actually paid for Masimo Taibi. And um, he was terrible. Man United fans hated him from the outset. He was not very good at all. Uh, he absolutely clamped, I think it was Sol Campbell in the Community Shield. That was the only um, uh, the only relevance that he'd ever have to Roy Keane, uh, one bad tackle. And um, yeah, he was quickly shipped off to Aston Villa, who inexplicably paid nearly £2 million for him, which again at the time was quite a bit. Um, and then he was sent out on loan to Burnley, played out in Qatar. Um, really had the journeyman career, but not the career that United fans are hoping for. They really honestly hoped he'd be their answer to Vieira after Roy Keane. Uh, he was parted, terrible. Parted ways, and he was woeful, and he definitely goes into our team. So our team so far is Roberto, Andre Santos, Sebastian Basson, Richard Dunn, Royce Drenta, and Eric Jemba Jemba Sam, who's your other central defender. Add into that, I've got Lee Catterball as a partner. As his midfield partner, I know a lot of people will be screaming. Oh, he had some good games. There were times he was almost in the England squad. Do you want to say shut up? Um, <laughs> he was brilliant. a red card waiting to happen. Like such an unreliable player. I know people will be like, "Oh, Joey Barton as well." Yeah, well, at least Joey Barton had a bit of technical ability. Lee Catamol had no technical ability at all. He literally just ran around like two footy everyone. It was like, yeah, he was quite a bit of a leader for Sunderland, but he, he yeah. You can't be a leader if you're not playing because you're I mean, suspended. I got, mean, he, got he was part of the team that got him relegated and then he got him relegated from the Championship and then he got released in the League One. So I wouldn't say his career at Sunderland has been uh, all peaks. Um, it, like didn't end, it didn't end like a proper legend, did yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, that that's a better way to put it. But yeah, poor, poor technically... Like two and pour off the red ball. card waiting to happen. Yeah, Lee Catamol. He's basically the Scott Brown of the Premier League. Scott Brown has more technical ability. Yeah, well, to be fair, Celtic fans think he's their like answer to Pirlo. So, uh, yeah, that's that's. We'll leave that. You're there. you're a generally it's the Scottish League, so funny. Oh yeah, no, it's not great, is it? I could I, honestly, I've ruled myself out of any potential future jobs for the SPFL. Um, but there we go. Um, we'll go on to our wingers now. We've got a couple of decent selections here. I've gone. I've, I've nicked your selection. I won't lie, Sam. You did. Um, left wing because he primarily plays out there. He's currently uh, torn his uh, ACL. Uh, Bebe. 
Uh, Man United fans will remember him for uh, being terrible. Again, there's a bit of a theme here of players we've picked, actually. Uh, well, I mean, there's a couple of Man United players in there. Uh, I, I was mean, gonna, for you, there is. Yeah, there is, and I wanted to go Taibi as well. So I think, again, it's just an anti-Man United agenda from me. Um, but it's not my fault they had terrible players, and Bebe was one of those. Uh, 8-2. Yeah, room... You did not just say that. That day I cried a lot. Did you actually? I did. Well, I cried a lot that day. That's right. Don't bring back memories, please. Please, oh, right? Yeah. We made Ashley Young actually look good. Oh, yeah. All right? He, he was good on the wing. Yeah, no, he was. And didn't help by the fact that we had Cole Jenkinson, a very young Cole Jenkinson, trying to deal with Icon. Him. Yeah, he was, to be fair. But anyway, we're not talking about Cole Jenkinson. We're talking about Bebe. And uh, rumour has it that uh, Sir Alex Ferguson had actually never seen him play before he no, signed he, for him. he admitted he hadn't. He'd, he'd just heard about him. And, um, George Mendes suddenly became his agent before he joined. Bit of a coincidence. Yeah, funny that. It's almost like he controls football along with me and Areola. Um, but yeah, no, Bebe came in and was woeful. Just didn't replay really very well. Played honest, seven really. games. Seven games was it in the end. Yeah, no, he really was not very good at football. And it showed. Um, and yeah, he was terrible. Uh, Man United fans thought he was going to be the next big thing. He wasn't. He was a big thing in terms of he was a bit of a chunky lad. But um, he was not a very good player. Somehow, right, Bebe is still only 29. Um, which I find absolutely bizarre. Who's he, who's he playing for? I think he's playing in Spain. Um, yeah, he, he's playing for like Ibar or someone like that. Yeah, I want I want to say someone like Ibar actually. Um, let's have a little look. No, I've looked up Bay. Real Rayo Vallecano. Vallecano. There we go. Yeah, no, he's currently torn his ACL. So prayers up to him. I hope he gets better soon. But you're woeful. Um, so our team, if I can just run us through that at the minute, is Roberto in goal, Andre Santos at right back, Basson and Richard Dunn at centre half, Royce and Drenta at left back, Eric Jemba Jemba and Lee Catamol, who are both going to be imprisoned if they ever play in the midfield together, and Bebe at left wing. Sam, who's your right winger? Javinio. Not particularly happy he's there. Admittedly, he wasn't great. And uh, he, his career for Arsenal didn't start off well when he got sent off on his debut <laughs> for slapping Joey Barton, of all people, in the face. And, uh, yeah, he kind of went downhill from there. He got a few goals. And there were a few appearances where he did look quite good. But, yeah, overall, he wasn't a great sign. They paid a bit of money for him. Definitely wasn't worth the money. I don't necessarily dislike him too much. Archie, you're not a huge fan. Um, yeah, no, I really aren't. I'm, I'm really not. Sorry. Um, I, as a, I, I, he had so much potential. That's the worst thing. And he's currently doing well out in Palmer before the, the whole coronavirus thing happened. Um, he's scoring goals for them. He's their captain, playing up top bizarrely, considering he's got a technical ability of a dead fish. Um, he was honestly terrible. Um, I'm not going to make the typical forehead jokes. Um, because it was big, really big. Um, but he was he he had he had all the skills zero end product ran himself down dark alleys um, and yeah he generally just wasn't a very good player and I think he's completely I think he's completely justified in the team because there's not many other options yeah B set Theo Walcott <laughs> well, yeah no I can I can actually go along with that yeah. somehow offside less times than Theo Walcott um, incredible but should I go on to my striker yeah. who have you gone for. I have gone with, at a time, who was Norwich's record signing. Uh, Incredible. The, the Dutch wizard that is Ricky van Wolfswinkel. Oh, what a um, And he, he came into the league, and he wasn't very good at football, basically. Uh, didn't score many goals. He wasn't that bad. Oh, he was woeful. Oh, he, uh, Norwich he scored, was bad. He scored on his debut. He had a really good debut, to be fair. Yeah, loads of players have good debuts. I mean, Federico yeah, no, McCade had a good debut. Um, that was a very good debut. That was a very good debut, exactly. Good and, girl. um... 
But yeah, no, Van Vilsvinkel, um Norwich fans uh, probably despise him considering how bad he is. They held out with him. They really did. They gave him more and more chances than anyone and he ended up getting them relegated. Um, and yeah, no, he was very bad. Uh, and I, yeah, that's basically why he's there, uh, as are all these players because they're not very good at football. Uh, but as a Premier League, a Premier League eleven, he's in there just for. Shall I finish off the eleven? I'm oh. sorry. I'm okay. Yeah. No. No. Oh, no. So crack sorry. on, mate. That's all right. <laughs> Don't care. That's fine. You go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just busted ahead of Archie, but I'm going for Josie out the door. Uh, not not Ali dear. Um, just because <sighs> we uh, we've mentioned him already. Yeah. Ali Dia is uh, uh, our twelfth man. Yeah, he he really is. He's the manager. Now I'm joking. Uh, yeah, Josie out door. And to be honest, what's Josie out door? He was quick. He was strong. He was good at holding up the ball. See, I think he was in the eleven. He couldn't shoot. He was his woeful, he, His finishing was absolutely woeful. I mean, <laughs> um, he his he played seventy times at the Premier League for two clubs. He played for Sunderland and. Hull? Uh, I believe so. He's currently out in America, isn't he? Yeah, Toronto. But yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so he's not scored... America, Canada. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, American League, though. Yeah. He scored two goals in 70 games for a striker. That is absolutely woeful. Um, he was he was just... It was annoying because he had so much potential. And if he could finish, he would have been a really good player. But no, he couldn't finish. And yeah, Josie Elstor getting the 11. Now, Archie, finish off. Who is your manager? So the manager we're going to go with is Frank De Boer. Um, just because he was only in charge for five games and 77 days and was terrible. Um, yeah, that's basically really it. Uh, he was woeful at Palace. He made that Palace team look somehow worse than it already was. And he was genuinely shocking. They couldn't score. They conceded. They shipped goals like mad under him. Um, and just because of the comical amount of time that he was in charge, um, it, it, honestly, he makes he make Sam Allardyce look like a respectable England career. Um, but he was, yeah, he was he was shocking. And um, he's our manager. So we're going to run through the entire of our clear and obvious podcast, worst Premier League 11 of all time. In goal, we've got Roberto. Right back, we've got Andre Santos. Centre-halves, we've got Sebastian Bassong and Richard Dunn. Left back, we've got Royston Drenter. Central midfield, we have Eric Jemba Jemba in a lethal partnership with Lee Catamol. Left wing, we have Bebe. Right wing, we have Jovino. And up top, the partnership of Ricky Van Volswinkel and Josie Altidore will surely get us relegated with Frank de Boer at the helm. Yeah, no, I, I think he'll keep us up. Do you reckon? Uh, with Sebastian Bassong and his six relegations in his career, uh, I can player. see 100%. Right, okay, so we, we finished our 11. Uh, 45 minutes in, we're doing well. Um, so what we're going to finish off the uh, podcast with is we're going to go through the archives of footballers' golden tweets. We're going we're gonna to go mining through the archives of Twitter and we're going to find our personal favourite tweets of footballers because, you know, uh, with the turn of the... the 2010s and the rise of social media footballers are adjusting to social media like all of us it just means that they're more under the spotlight so we can take the mick out of them more um do you want me to kick things off yeah let's let's do it so okay my first one is robert hooth um and he was actually fined for this um yeah probably deservedly uh, I think he, was he banned as well but he, he the outcome of it wasn't amazing for our rob um, he put, he took part in a game on Twitter that basically got pictures of people and it was debatable what gender they were and Robert Hooth decided oh, you know what, I, as a professional footballer in a position of influence, this is a good idea so he took part in this game um, replying with quotes 
it's a schlong, uh, penis, nine cock, no cock, cock, and I'm in. They were the replies to this at cock or not cock account. Um, and he also had quite the relationship with Jonathan Walters on Twitter. Um, him and Walters bantered back and forth quite regularly. Uh, and it was just hilarious to watch him on Twitter. But that particular thread of tweets um, is something that I can I can fully get behind. Because uh, Robert Huth, trying to send social media, is hilarious. Um, that really is funny. It really is. Is it as funny as Ashley Cole, who thinks... He thinks he's picked up the lingo, and um, he, let's be honest, he really hasn't. He, uh, sorry, there was just someone waving some antibacterial wipes at, at, at us at the door. Really? Yeah. Did she have the suit on? Oh, no, she didn't. Are we no. in quarantine, accidentally? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been quarantined we, in the studio. Oh, this is terrible. We're, right, let's rattle through these before we get... for seven days. Before um, we get quarantined. But yeah, Qu- Ashley Cole, think it is cool, just got the got the twitter and uh he added drake before saying yo bro it's me ash cole i'm on this team now yolo ha 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 now um my favorite part that's yolo um, what year is this this is um the year of three no it's um it's uh 2012 2012 so the height of yolo and ash has actually cole just won a champions league then what date is it does it have uh, a specific date on it or not? Yeah, it would have been July. So he'd have just won the Champions League, and he's like, oh my God, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to contact Drake. And good, old, good old Drizzy. <laughs> good old Drizzy. Um, Ashley Cole, what a man. What a man. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, what is your next selection? My next one is the uh, lethal striker that is uh, Victor Anachibi. Anichibi? Anichibi? I don't know. I'm not Anichibi. Anichibi. Some people say Anichibi, though, which is where I get Some confused. people are wrong. Oh, okay, fair enough. We'll have to ask him, Victor Anichibi or Anichibi, can you come on the podcast and tell us how to pronounce your name? Or just message us. Um, anyway, you can do it on Twitter because we know you're active on there. Um, and he put out a tweet which was clearly sent to him by his PR team and he's literally just copied and pasted the entire thing and put it into Twitter, but he's copied and pasted a little bit too much. So on the face of it, a tweet saying, unbelievable support yesterday and great effort by the lads, hard result to take, but we go again. Seems like a generic football tweet, but clearly it's too generic because at the top it says, can you tweet something like... So it's clearly something that's been sent to him in an attempt to rile up some support from Sunderland fans, and uh, it backfired massively, went viral. Uh, but yeah, can you tweet something like, Victor Enichibi, what are you doing? Um, anyway, mate, do you want to go on to your next, your next tweet? Uh, yeah, I'm now going to go for uh, Romelu Lukaku, who, um, who was chilling in 2013, <laughs> uh, and he he got... I don't know how to describe it, but... Something happened that had never happened to him before, which is quite surprising. He uh, he put on Twitter, just had some kids doing trick or treat at my door. It's the first time it happened in my life. Ha ha. And uh, to this, FIFA, the governing <laughs> body for all of football, replied saying, "What did you do, Rob?" And he replied saying, "Gave them Kit Kats." What an interaction! Incredible interaction. One for the ages. It really is. I've got to say, finding out how footballers used to use Twitter is actually hilarious. It's so Because it's how we all used to use Twitter, or, you know, some of us used to use Twitter because we didn't really know what it was about. Um, so, you know, we've all got old accounts where it's all a little bit, like, weird stuff, like, talk about the X Factor and stuff, but because they're footballers, everyone knows. And um, this, this one's possibly my favourite because Rooney, when he got onto Twitter, I think just sort of thought stuff and then his fingers would type it out and it would press send and he didn't really think about anything um, and he was clearly in quite an angry state he did a couple of tweets like this but my favourite he's added himself he's added Wayne Rooney and put 
I'll put you I'll put you asleep within 10 seconds, you little girl. Don't say stuff and not follow it up. I'll be waiting. This was May of 2011, so Wayne has been waiting nine years for himself to slap. Um, which is good, I'd say. I'd say, you know, he's been he's been hanging about for a while. He's moved around. He's clearly tried to find himself in America. And now he's come back. He's realised he's not out there. Uh, and he's not put anyone to sleep out there. And uh, so he's, he's still waiting, according to his tweet. Uh, some nine years from that tweet that he made at half past midnight. So clearly he had a bad dream. Or he was, you know, had a couple too many. And tweeted out saying... Uh, all of that, and he's still waiting. So, Wayne, if you want to get back to us on that, that'd be great. <laughs> Unbelievable. And now we have uh, Dean Windass, a, a legend of Hull, uh, scoring that um, iconic playoff goal, of course. And, um, yeah, he... I think he got a bit bored. Uh, and messaged his, uh, messaged his friend. He said, uh, how you doing, mate? Are you okay? To which he replied, um, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. A bit weird, that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, just checking up if he was okay. Uh, no one else can do that, only Dean. And uh, yeah, I, I don't even think he was icon. doing that comically. I reckon he was just... A bit bored. Well, that or someone else, maybe intoxicated. Just replying w- to himself. Wouldn't, wouldn't have surprised me. Honestly, would not at all. Um, D. Windass, you're a hero. I love that. Um, my, my, This was another favourite of mine. Uh, comes from the uh, oracle that is Michael Owen um, and his completely unnecessary rant at Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, he quoted, tweet, uh, he tweeted saying, This Strictly Come Dancing show is a joke. Far too much touchy-feely stuff for married men slash women. Instant divorce material in my eyes with three exclamation marks. Uh, back in 2013, you know, Michael was a bit riled up uh, uh, you know, Strictly Come Dancing. It was clearly too much for his innocent little eyes to watch because, you know, Strictly Come Dancing's a little bit NSFW. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's clearly having none of it. And Michael, you know, if if your if your opinions on Strictly Come if your opinions <laughs> on Strictly Come Dancing have improved, then I do I do hope that isn't the case because your your morals are correct, Michael. So keep preaching about the horrors that are Strictly Come Dancing because that's the content we're all here for. That 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 is hilarious. That, that oh, Mike, we want to bore him. He's so boring. Honestly, he's, he's not even funny boring like James Milner, no. who's actually unlucky not to feature on this list because his Twitter's gold. Yeah, he's really. Oh, I don't. I don't really like Michael Owen as a pundit. Do you know, a player, good player. Yeah, very not good, a good player. Pundit. Exciting player, the complete opposite. Yeah, pundit. really boring. Yeah. Uh, now moving on to Peter Crouch, who, hmm. who let's let's be fair to say over the time has had Twitter on strings. Uh, but here is him, his response to someone. Um, he just posted to saying, "Congratulations, Man City! You really were the sh- shark team this season." Oh, to which Alan McGregor, no, uh, Alan McGregs, uh, replied, "Top man, I promise to stop wanking over your wife now, Pete." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, and he, Pete replied to that, saying, "That'd be great, thanks, mate." <laughs> I love Peter uh, the return to reply to that. I bet you he's just sat there going, "Peter Crouch replied to me. I wonder what he's." Oh yeah. no! That that that's so funny. Like <laughs> like, what? Why would you tweet that to Peter Crouch anyway? You but, can picture him saying it as well. That, yeah, but the fact is, yeah, it's not <laughs> one of those things you say but you don't tweet. Yeah. Well, no, no. You can you can you can like hear Peter Crouch yeah. saying the response. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, mate. Yeah. That's just oh, that that is that is cool. Cheers, mate. Um, and this is uh, well now my my final one uh, is Wilfred Zaha on clubbing, um. He got mentioned earlier in a fairly unfair light, so I figure I'll bring him back, his bring his you know morale back up by bringing up this old tweet. Um, this was in uh, 2011, 
Uh, it's just at the end of it, it's got hashtag cock block, so you know what you're in for. Um, this happens, everyone. Dot dot dot. Meet a beautiful girl in a club in Egypt, as you do, and her fat, ugly friend gets in the way of us dancing. Hashtag cock block. Wilfred, I feel your pain, honestly. I really do. That poor man. And honestly, it must be like, oh, I play with James Tompkins, honestly. That poor, that poor guy. Um, no, Wilfred, Wilfred, I'm, I can imagine you're livid. Uh, don't go to clubs out in Egypt, though. That's not recommended. Uh, I wouldn't say, at least. Why not? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've been to a club out in Turkey and it was quite nice. So maybe maybe stick to clubs in South London. They're far nicer, I'd imagine. Yeah, sure. I mean, Croydon, though. Well, I know, but there are really nice parts of South London. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, you know, Fulham. Um, yeah, exactly. Is it South uh, London? Yeah, South West. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to finish on uh, Victor Wanyama, <laughs> uh, who, who has a, he has a way with words. There are so many tweets I could have picked, but I picked the most iconic one. I've gone for... Victor Wanyama, just talk about his meal tonight. He said, I had spaghetti and it was very nice. I enjoyed it. Whoa. And that, I think, is a brilliant way to end the podcast. It really is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today. We know there's no content on football at the moment, so we're trying our best. Of course, this will be my last podcast for a while, um, obviously, as we go into isolation. Robert, though, is very capable um, of filling my shoes. Uh, he'll replace me eventually, and I won't have a place at the pod anymore. No, you so won't. So that would be great. Bin you off. Any, any last words? That sounds very... Uh, <laughs> any, <laughs> any last words as the guillotine comes uh, uh, down? Yeah, that sounds optimistic. <laughs> that really does. Um, last words-wise, uh, we're not going to plug, because feel Well, I might do, actually. I mean, yeah. is that arch core, but... Sam Cole 2468. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get Robert on as Sam's being a melt... No, Sam's uh, self-isolating and going home to see his family. Yeah. Uh, very commendable. I'm not doing the same, at least for the minute. Um, but yeah, we'll get Robert on, I'd imagine, for however many episodes we're still at uni for and then when we're not at uni probably one yeah probably it might just be one episode but we're going to continue with well we're going to try and continue with some trivial Premier League stuff I'm not sure how successful I'll be with that Um, but we will see me and Robert will have a bit of a brainstorm it's going to be all a little bit random a little bit higgledy-piggledy at the minute Um, but that's that's just the way things are at the minute it's a higgledy-piggledy society that we live in that might be the title of the podcast actually no, it won't. It'd be weird and wonderful. Um, but I'd like to put in the description, uh, higgledy piggledy, because I really like that word. Okay. So yeah, that's my last words. Um, uh, yeah, stay safe, everyone. Yeah. Wash your hands for twenty seconds. Um, Sing God Save the Queen. Yeah, don't or be a Michael mug. Michael Hector's magic. Yeah, don't be a mug and be social like us two. Don't talk to each other. Exactly. Right? No, you're not allowed to anymore. Boris no. Johnson's like, let's not shop the unis or schools, but you're not allowed to see each other. No. Makes sense. You can't. But yeah, it's... I'm not going to put my political views on podcast. No, we love it. Uh, <laughs> no, go no, Christ. That's, that's no, a political view. No, 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 no I'm not a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> right, so turn the pod on. She's a Tory. Thank you for no, listening. You can't um, do me like that. Um, I will see or you'll hear me. Well, I don't even know how to end. You'll hear I've, me when you do. <laughs> I've been Archie. I've been Sam. And this, and this has been, been a clear and obvious, obvious podcast. podcast. Good Bye, night. Guys.